Before starting this podcast, we invite you to get a copy of our book, 31 Days to Purchasing and Renting Your First Investment Real Estate Property. You can find it on Amazon or any other major book-selling platform. It has a unique book cover illustrating 31 doors to 31 days of your investment real estate journey. The book was written for you as a first-time investment real estate investor. What you can accomplish in 31 days will challenge and amaze you, and the return on your efforts will pay you dividends for life. Hi, this is Dion Beg from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada, and much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888 888- 6848326 To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough podcast where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy Welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me again is newlywed Sandy McKay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Excited to be here again. Yeah, I'm very excited. Congratulations, you guys. I know it's been a a while coming, and I'm very happy for both of you, you and Kate. Yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. So we're uh, working away this week and then getting out of uh, Dodge for a couple weeks. (laughs) And the wedding was, I saw the pictures. I wasn't there, but I saw the pictures. It looked, like, fantastic. looked like everyone was having fun. It was was about as good as it could have gone. So, yeah, it was awesome. That's always good. Did you have an open bar? Did I miss that? You missed an open bar, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Next time. Um, So, no, that's good. And uh, where are you guys going again? We're going to uh, Maldives. Maldives. Or Maldives, however you say it. It's near uh, Indian Ocean. So it should be be cool, hot, relaxing. Right, overseas. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been overseas? I haven't been over there. Not over there. You were in Australia for a bit, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay. close by there a little bit. Right on. Well, congratulations again. I just thought I'd mention that because, uh, well, in the last one we knew it was coming up, and now uh, I guess your freedom is officially gone, like you were saying on the last <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the last show. So uh, that's great. Got to get approval for everything now. So. <laughs> so we are here today with uh, Rick Harris, who's going to talk to us about short-term short-term vacation rentals so thanks for being here rick my pleasure thanks uh rob and sandy for having me and congratulations to sandy and kate uh actually you know listening to the podcast i feel like i know you both and i was (laughs) looking for my wedding invitation so (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i guess if rob didn't get one i guess then i guess that's the way it goes for me too (laughs) <laughs> well, I well, got one. It was just um, we we got busy, and Sandy's pretty far away. You know, it's tough to make it out to everything, so you got to pick <laughs> and choose. Unfortunately, when you got a lot of stuff going on, but uh, I wish I could have been there. And like I said, it did look like a lot of fun. So um, maybe exactly. next maybe next time you get married, Sandy. There's another one. Yeah, maybe we'll. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so just a bit of cleaning, uh, house cleaning before we get going here. Housekeeping. Which one is it? It's housekeeping, right? Keeping, I think. Yeah, you got yeah, it. Okay. Well, any, yeah, everyone. Especially should, in my business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everyone should go to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca, leave a comment, and like and share the episode. If you would be so kind to go down to the Facebook buttons that are in each uh, section for the episode that you're that you are um, listening to you can like and share it on facebook so i just you know what maybe well for sure behind the times but i just added that in there not too long ago so now everyone can share on facebook and uh, help us out that way too so we really appreciate that 
And um, what else? You can go to iTunes, rate and review us on iTunes. And, of course, you know how much that really helps. We get the word out to everybody who's looking for this type of information, wants to hear this type of show. They can go and we become more relevant on iTunes with every review, with every uh, five-star rating. And more people will be able to find us and hear our guests like Rick and all of the important, valuable information that he has to share with everybody. So please go over and do that as well. Yep. And uh, and check us out on, on BreakthroughRAPodcast.ca. You can download our free report there. Seven freedom activators you can trigger in your property starting right now. And uh, you'll get that free report, but also you'll get on our email list and you'll get all of our updates on uh, new shows coming out, on events that we're doing, mostly around the greater Toronto area, but uh, perhaps expanding outwards in the near future. So get on that list and, and keep up to date with everything so you don't miss any of our events and our awesome, uh, you know, awesome speakers that we have coming on, like Rick. Thanks. Right on. Okay, well, without further ado, let's jump into our interview. Okay, Sandy? So you've Let's got you got Rick's bio, don't you, in front of you there? Yeah, so I'll say a little bit here, and Rick, if you want to add something, I, I know we'll talk a lot about uh, what you're up to here throughout this show, but I'm just going to read a, a quick little little bit on Rick here to start us off. Uh, Rick is a dynamic entrepreneurial sales management strategist with 20-plus years of achievement and demonstrated success through driven multi-million dollar sales growth or through driving multi-million dollar sales growth while providing award-winning sales leadership and coaching in highly competitive markets. And he's an active real estate investor since 2002 and has experience in vacation and recreational properties, uh, family homes, including single family homes, condo rentals, and income suite developments. And he's got a great understanding of investment, residential, uh, and vacation real estate purchasing strategies and processes and post-purchase support. So, uh, really a wealth of knowledge to, to go off here with Rick. We've got a lot more on his story, I think, throughout the interview. And anything anything else uh, big to add to that, Rick, before we get going? Oh, thanks, Andy. Uh, absolutely. There was uh, I actually had a false start in uh, investment real estate. I actually was very fortunate. I was living in Cambridge, Ontario at the time and uh, bought a, uh, uh, a piece of um, uh, property with my mom and dad. It was a... Uh, uh, side by side, and uh, they lived in uh, the one half, and we uh, bought the other half as an investment uh, uh, piece of property. So that was my first venture, but unfortunately, it was kind of a false start because I got transferred a couple of years later to Western uh, Canada, and we sold that property. And rather than investing it at that time, the, the profits into more investment real estate. I won't tell you what that would have done to my life. We actually in, uh, put it into lifestyle and um, and and spent the, spent all those profits. So <laughs> hopefully a lesson for your audience. Um, you know, if you get a chance and you and you make some money from investment real estate, put it back into your portfolio. Uh, you'll be much happier in the long run. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure we've all made that mistake. But that is definitely something that you don't want to do twice. Because right once on. it's gone, it's gone, right? And if you You've feed it back into it. the machine, then you'll be able to just sustain yourself and, and keep going. So, I mean, you gave us just a little bit of a taste on that first one. But why don't you give us more of your background and your real estate journey so far? Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Rob. So we actually um, uh, decided... I, I had put 2002 as when we when we got serious about it, but my we had my daughter I had graduated from college, and so we decided, you know what, maybe it was time for her to <laughs> spread her wings and find her own place. So we actually uh, did our first joint venture with my daughter in uh, 1999, and she moved out uh, uh, with her own piece of property, which we shared in, as a joint venture, and later that turned out to be a great thing because she went on to get married and uh, buy one of those white picket fence homes and with her profits and uh, we were my wife and I were able to uh, then turn around with uh, with the profits that we had realized and actually help my son and daughter-in-law get started on and we bought two properties with them which really set the foundation to us uh, joining the uh, joining rain the real estate investing network I know you guys talk about it from time to time and mm -hmm. Of course, Rain is all about real estate investing uh, education, and from there we were able to understand the uh, the power of uh, joint ventures. 
and even the power of your own knowledge. Uh, you know, and Rain had told us uh, once you were able to gather knowledge, understand the whole process of investment real estate, you could actually even buy real estate with, with really no money in, into the properties. And we actually did that with a couple of properties where we, we supplied the expertise, we found the properties, we put uh, everything together and we did the management of those properties. And we still own those properties to this day and our, our joint venture partners are quite happy with that. So, um, I guess I, I reach out to your audience and say, uh, you know, once you've got experience and knowledge, don't be afraid to uh, understand that, that it's an education and, and it's certainly worth someone paying for your expertise. Yeah, no, I agree. And that is one of those things where uh, we've talked about this before. It's really hard to imagine that one day someone will want to do that kind of investing with you, especially when you're new. Um, not to say that that's going to happen right away, but I think it's it is definitely something that's achievable for everybody that's listening to this. If you will go and just get your your experience and and start to learn and grow and then have something to offer people is really no, the key. No question, no question. And you know, from there we were able to. Well, I we we actually started then buying uh, real estate a couple of years before we helped. Uh, my son out, but we had, that was uh, in 2005. In 2002, my wife and I had seen our friends who had cottages and uh, vacation homes down in the, in the States. And we thought, you know what, maybe, maybe we should be into this thing. And we were out working the World Cup uh, mountain biking races uh, that in 1999. That they were um, huge mountain biking uh, competition the best athletes in the world were, were in the races uh, here in Canmore. And uh, so anyways, we uh, worked that and we were working right in the middle of all these mountains and going, isn't this the most incredible place in the world? And it was very close to Banff and we thought we had died and gone to heaven. And we had said to ourselves, boy, if we could ever uh, buy a, a piece of vacation property and then put it into a rental program, wouldn't that be neat? And then, you know, at least offset some of our costs. Uh, and so three years later, we're, we're at the uh, Edmonton Home and Garden Show, and there was a booth with uh, this model of this uh, vacation rental um, complex that uh, a developer was, was doing in Canmore, and it actually fit the bill. Uh, they said, if you buy it from us, we have a vacation rental company, and uh, you can put it into our program. And you can, get, you know, realize some money from that. And um, you know what? It was like a, it was definitely a marketing hook. But uh, when someone says we can offset some of your operational costs, we thought that was a pretty neat idea. And so that's what we did. We ended up uh, purchasing uh, the uh, the property, and it was neat because it had, you know, mountain views from every window, and it uh, had an open air couple of open air hot tubs and exercise rooms and all of that so it was it was pretty special property and of course we still own it to this day oh that's very cool i, I like the sound of that um so that was part of a complex i guess is what you're saying it is it's part of a it's part of a three building i guess for the lack of well, best way to describe it is uh, it's apartment condo living so it's uh and of course in Canmore uh, they keep the height of uh of the buildings quite low believe it or not and so this is a this is a four story building and i think generally four stories is about as high as you can go in Canmore mm -hmm. oh that's <laughs> interesting cool Rick, now that we uh, we got a, a bit of uh, your story there and how you got interested in uh, Canmore and the vacation rental investment real estate property can you tell us how about how you went about getting financing for the purchase of, of that vacation property and how maybe just in general how people can finance and fund these vacation rentals awesome yeah thanks sandy really appreciate it uh yeah it was it was an interesting thing that that happened to us because you know a lot of people have equity in their home and and you know it it pretty well stays dormant for um for a lot of people, it stays dormant for all their lives. And what I mean by dormant is that you don't end up 
thinking you can somehow access the equity and turn that into a an investment that you can actually purchase a, a, a business or a property and actually have that as a, a tax write-off, uh, the interest uh, for that those funds on your income tax. And, you know, most of us don't get that uh, break too often. And uh, so anyways, we had lots of equity in our home and we thought, okay, how do we access it? And uh, so when we actually uh, started talking to the uh, the uh, salesperson who was selling these this complex, he said, well, you can just access the equity in your home and use that as a down payment. And we thought, well, that's, that sounds interesting. But, you know, you're always a little skeptical of these things, right? And uh, But we went, went to our bank. They were happy to... Uh, to lend us the money uh, at that time on a line of credit. And so we thought, oh, well, that's kind of neat. So someone said, well, you better talk to your accountant. And I thought, oh, okay. So we got a hold of our accountant. Of course, remember at that time we had um, just a couple of uh, uh, properties and, and I didn't really understand the, the tax implications. But talking to our accountant, he said, you know what, when you set up your line of credit, and this is really important for everyone, is that you need to keep that line of credit separate uh, because you don't want to mix it in with if, if you had if you had a line of credit and you decided some of it you used to buy a boat and the other part you used as a down payment on investment property, CRA doesn't look very favorably at that. And, you know, they like to see a straight line to when you're when you're actually expensing the interest, they want to see a straight line. So that was one piece of advice I'd sure like to share with your audience is that if you if you are accessing the equity in your home to use as a down payment on any investment, make sure you keep that totally separate from anything else you may do. And um, it'll just help you down the road because I've been audited twice over the last several years and even though everything was on the up and up you still feel you know you feel uneasy about that whole uh, auditing process mm-hmm. so that's what we went we did we went to the went to the bank and we were able to get a line of credit which we used to as the down payment on uh, our vacation rental and of course, you know, I mean, the interest rates were low. And uh, the only thing is that when we first went to the bank, they were happy to give us the money on the line of credit. And they asked us what we were doing with it. And we said we were using it for a down payment on a vacation rental property. And at first, the, our bank, who we'd been with for oh, 10 or 15 years, said, oh, well, we're, we're really not interested in the mortgage. And we said, that's OK. Well, go talk to somebody else. And we went and talked to a mortgage broker. Um, and I don't know if the, if the light went on for our bank or whatever, but just as we were going to sign off with a mortgage broker, they came back and offered us, uh, I think, a quarter of a point lower. And we ended up actually financing the the mortgage also with our uh, with our bank. So I, I, again, I say to people, shop around, but it's funny uh, in the beginning how our bank ha- wasn't interested in the mortgage and then somehow I'm not sure how the light went on for them but they certainly uh, were interested in taking on a, a second mortgage with us so that was good news and now you've continued on getting more and more vacation properties and that's what you specialize in right so why is it that you like them so much what is it about the vacation rentals thanks Rob that's a great question it, you know it it's interesting when we first started out it was you know you don't know what you don't know and when I when I was telling you the story we went uh, to the booth and the and the and the the uh, salesperson selling the complex also told us they had a vacation rental company we thought oh this is great and so and, and they didn't oversell it they told us they would probably be able to offset our operating costs between 22 and 28 percent. And you know what? Over the next 10 years, that was exactly what happened. And because we didn't know what we didn't know, and so it was a 50-50 split. And I know you guys are in investment real estate, and if you did that on your with your property manager on residential real estate, you wouldn't be in business very long. <laughs> And uh, so, but for us, it, we were looking 
you know, it was really a second home. And that's where I want to share my journey with everybody because it, it started out as a second home and we were just looking to offset some of our costs because we didn't realize that we could actually turn a profit and offset all of our costs. And it took, you know, all this experience and, and knowledge and learning over the years to do that. And so that's what happened about four years ago. The lights went on and we were able to actually now have it in the position where we're positive cash flowing on our vacation rental property. So that's what I want to share with everyone is that if you're prepared to understand the whole aspect of this and follow a certain system, you can actually uh, take a vacation rental property and turn it into a, a nice positive cash flowing piece of investment real estate. Nice. Great. Okay. Well, thanks for all that info. No, no problem. My, my pleasure. Can you explain um, there's certain types of zoning and stuff for vacation properties and, and how that might affect maybe getting financing or just your ability to rent it out. Can you uh, explain a little bit about what that looks like and the types of the zoning you want to look out for? Sure. Fantastic. And uh, that's, that's a great question because that, that's where the rubber can meet the road here. And the first thing I just like to say is that there is, when it comes to vacation rental properties, I, I, I see it as really two things. The standard vacation rental or not vacation property. So not a vacation rental property, just a vacation property where people will buy a cottage or they'll buy a, a condo or something in a warmer climate. But what ends up happening is they generally end up, it just becomes another uh, expense in your life because you can't really rent it out because the time that you, you want to rent it out is the time that you use it. So a prime example is you you often hear people going down to Palm Desert or Florida and, and buying the, a property, but they're using it when the the time to rent it is available, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, like they're and, going down there in the winter to be warm, and that's the prime time for renting it out. That's correct. That's correct. And so the first thing I talk about is what I call, I'm, this is the secret, guys. So I, I wouldn't mind if you repeat after me. It's, it's what I call <laughs> the, okay. eight, the eight S's. So we're going to share the, the secret elixir here of, of buying vacation property. So are you, are you ready to join in as a little bit of a choir here? Okay, oh, yeah. let's do okay, it. Okay, great. All right. So here, uh, just repeat after me. So here we go. Season, service. Season, service. Season, service. <laughs> Season, service. Season, service. Season, service. And one more time. Season, service. Season, service. Got it. Okay. Okay. Do so I have to wondering... write it down all seven times or can I just hit a ditto underneath? Well, as long as you understand, you said it actually four uh, season four times and service four times. And what I'm what I'm driving at is that when you're buying a vacation rental property, what you need to understand is that it's the it's not only the season that attracts people, and believe it or not, some people do enjoy the winter, is it's the services that support the season. So often you hear of people buying a uh, cottage and if they went back there in the spring, fall, or winter, they generally find there's not many services available for them or their guests to use. So there's not really much of an attraction. Mm. So I, I encourage people when they're thinking of a vacation rental property, they need to think about not only the seasons, so they need to think about the, the services that support those seasons. So a prime example would be Canmore is a prime example in the Banff area. This is really a four seasons, four services area. And so it, it attracts people from all over the world, 365, 24-7. So that's the secret formula is understanding when you're going to buy a vacation rental, not a vacation home. There's a big difference. A vacation rental understands you need to look at does the services support all four seasons. So give us a quick example then of how um, the one, the, the the initial one that you were talking about in Canmore, how that 
falls into like give us an example for each of the seasons okay great question great question so let's take winter and spring for starters and so of course in the in the canmore area there's five major uh, ski resorts so uh, you've probably all heard of uh, sunshine and uh lake louise kanaskas nakiska Uh, Norway, those are all ski resorts. What you may not know is, and and this is where I'll talk a bit more about the whole market, you you doing the marketing as a vacation rental owner, is in the winter also, there is the, um, in 1988, the the Calgary hosted the Olympics. I'm not, I'm sure you're aware of that. but the cross-country skiing and the biathlon were for the 88 Olympics were actually held in Canmore. And they built a, a facility called the Nor- uh, Canmore Nordic Center. And it's, it's actually been upkept for all of these years. So in, in 2010, when Vancouver got the Olympics, believe it or not, they spent $18 million in Canmore at the Nordic Center to upgrade the facility so that the Canadian athletes could actually be competitive and train. And they also held uh, World Cup races here, getting ready to lead up to the 2010 Olympics. So when they they actually put in night lighting, and so people can come up here because it, it gets fairly dark early, around you know 4 or 4.30. So you can go out on the trails at, at night with night lighting. And there's snowshoeing and skating and tobogganing and all the winter sports you can imagine. So it's just not when people think of this area, they may think of skiing first. But there's so many other things that if you're not a world class athlete uh, and you don't ski, there's lots for you to do, including dog sledding, you know, and uh, those type of things. So there's there's winter and spring taken care of and it's all supported by industries that specialize in those recreational sports uh then you look at summer and you look at the golf mountain biking is huge uh, and you know what the tracks that they use for cross-country skiing that you go up into the mountains turn into mountain biking tracks and hiking tracks so all, all that transforms and all of a sudden you've got Again, services supporting those type of, of recreational sports. And then you have golf, and you have some of the most incredible golf courses in the world uh, right here in the Camor, Banff, Bow Valley area. And again, that gets all supported by services. And then you've got, of course, a huge restaurant industry. You've got the Banff uh, Center of the Arts, which brings in artists from all over the world and some of them stay in residence and then they they play in small venues that you can go to for like eight or nine dollars a night and listen to top entertainment it's pretty incredible Mm -hmm. and so that's what i'm getting at is that there's a whole infrastructure and a whole support system of services that make this area a four seasons four services area and that's what i encourage people to do that you need to look at whether you're in ontario quebec you know bc or throughout the states have a look and make sure that the area you're looking to buy a vacation rental property in how many seasons does it get supported by services Mm -hmm. yes there's your tip too it may not be just enough to go buy something just because it's on a lake and hope that you know, people will, I mean, yeah, you might bring out some snowmobilers, you might bring out some uh, people in the summertime who like it because they can swim in the lake in the summer, but more importantly, what else is there to do around there? And and what's going to be the draw, like a real draw to that vacation home that you're offering? That's good. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're more than welcome. And that, and that, and sorry, and that, I made that lead up to, to Sandy's question about zoning, and I'm sorry I took so long to get there, but the, there's really three types of zoning when it comes to vacation rental property, and you, you really need to be fully aware of it because what may look like a real deal isn't such a real deal. And the, there's generally three types of vacation accommodation and the zoning that impacts it. The first one is what we call visitor accommodation. And generally what that is, is is where you would buy 
in essence, you'd buy a, uh, an apartment style condo that may have a front that has a front desk. And so your guests would check in through the front desk. So it, fe- it very much feel like a, a resort hotel. The only thing is, if it's if it's zoned visitor accommodation, that what that means to you as an investor is you can never live there full time. So that's a that's a big one. And because you can't live there full time, uh, a lot most traditional lenders will not lend you money. And that's why you find that these things are cheaper to purchase because of these restrictions. And I'm just dealing with a client now. And I, you know, I had to make them aware of what they were purchasing. They're still going to go ahead with the purchase because I guess they, they have no intention of ever living in it full time, but it does restrict them uh, down the road uh, because, you know, it's not, it's uh, something that someone cannot buy ever to live in full time. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes it to you to the type of property that I really encourage people to purchase. And that's, what I what's called a tourist accommodation zoning, and that's where you could live in it full time if you wanted to. Traditional lenders tend to view it more favorably than visitor accommodation, and they and you can definitely get mortgages. Sometimes you can't, uh, and a lot of times, remember, it comes down to because a lot of lenders still will not take the revenue into consideration that you're generating to help you pay for your mortgage. So they still want to see that you could actually make the mortgage payment without any rental income at all. And then the last zoning area is what a lot of people are very familiar with. It's, it's the standard residential. So generally, there's there the only issue there is there is no zoning for short-term rentals. So in other words, you cannot rent standard residential out for a three-day or a seven day or a 14 day stay. The minimum stay is generally 28 days. That's the shortest period of time that you can rent it out. And you can see with standard residentials, as you guys know, there's many financial options available for you to buy that. And then the other one that's sneaking up is a a lot of these uh, big hotel chains like Marriott and Wyndham and all those, they're they're getting, you know, they're getting um, a sense of, you know, the Airbnbs and the HomeAways and the VRBOs of the of the world, and and so they're setting some of their hotels up, like tourist accommodation, where you get a full family offering. So you've got a kitchen, and a dining room, and a couple of bathrooms, a couple of bedrooms, high to beds, that kind of stuff. But it's more like a standard home, mm-hmm. and you'll see. You'll see some of the big chains now, hotel chains are doing that. So just just bear that in mind as as you get into this type of vacation um, rental business is that your your competitors aren't just owners that put their property with Airbnb or HomeAway. It's also the bigger hotel chains now. And I just like people to, to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, do you, tell See, us that's a- awesome. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about your guest come first policy. Oh, thanks very much. So it really comes down to when you buy a uh, truly buy a vacation rental property. So in other words, you you have that word rental in there. So there's a big difference between a vacation property, which you'll maybe rent out to your friends on the side, you know every once in a while. So you're not very serious about taking revenue. But if you're going to get into the vacation rental property, I always say guests come first. And, and my wife and I made the decision a long time ago that there's enough weeks that you don't rent it out that you can take advantage of that we like to make sure that our that we we do not uh, block up any of this, uh, any of the uh, peak times and we leave that open for us to have guests rent. And it just makes it more of a viable operation because you're running a business. A small, mm-hmm. You might say it's a small business, but you're running a business. And so just like in any business, generally the ones that are successful is where they actually have their guests or clients come first. And so we, we decided a long time ago to not lock up any of the 
major dates like Christmas or Easter or spring break or any of that type of stuff, you know, unless we, we weren't getting a rental at that point in time. So we certainly leave it open to the guests first philosophy. And that's what I would recommend to anyone who is taking this type of investment on is to make sure you don't go tying up your highest revenue uh, times for personal use. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that right there can just put a huge dent in what you what you could potentially bring in from that rental. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh so that's those are the kind of things that you have to take into consideration when you're looking at this type of investment. Now, tell us uh, about Team Real and how important they are to the purchase of vacation investment uh rental properties. Thanks, Rob. Absolutely. So, you know, when I when I first started out, I, I again, you don't know what you don't know. You think that when you're purchasing a vacation rental property in the beginning, you think, OK, all I need is uh, someone to sell me the property, somebody to lend me the money and I'll just move in and I'll just set up my business. Away I'll go. So you kind of you, you really don't think it takes much of a team to support this type of uh, property investment. But you know what? You really got to look very strong at when you assemble a team or you need to se- assemble a team because there's a team that you have before the purchase. There's a team you have to help you make the purchase. And I got to tell you, there's a big team after the purchase and most people that's where the rubber meets the road and how successful you are is if you don't think you need a team after the purchase that's where people run into a lot of problems and um and what i mean by that is that you know financing you might say well rick you need the financing before and with the purchase and after the purchase and that's true to some degree but you know once you've got a mortgage in place you know, even if if you uh, take out a five year term, when it when it can, comes up for renewal, you know it's usually pretty just pretty well stamped, right? You just move on unless unless you you don't think your bank is treating you fairly or whatever. But for the most part, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. But when you look at things that are changing, like you know the level of governments, and I'll give you a prime example. Uh, recently, this year actually, Canmore des- decided. That if you if you own the uh, underground parking stall or, or any parking stall with your condo, it used to come together, even though it was titled separately. And I know uh, some of the big cities are doing this now, but now what's happened is they actually have separated your property taxes for your condo, and you now have property taxes for your parking stall. And, and that's brand new. So those are things that you need to be on top of. And, you know, after after the purchase, and that was long after the purchase, you know, you think of stuff like that. But the other thing that happens all the time is when you're setting up your, whether it's your home furnishings or your home design or even the vacation rental marketplace, what type of company you're using, or the recreational activities and the companies that support it. Like we had talked about before, you know, we were talking about the four seasons and the four services. Well, who are those companies and how long have they been in business? And and are you telling people about them and are you building a rapport so that you can help your guests have a an incredible vacation experience? And so, again, that's all after the purchase. And then you got to think about housekeeping. We were talking about that earlier and, and a concierge service. And then you got to also think about trades because you're you own. A, it's like owning a home. I mean, eventually you're going to have to do plumbing, electrical, painting, all of that. And and then the other thing you have to think about is who's managing the property What's the condo board like? A lot of times you're going to either, whether you buy a vacation townhouse or a vacation uh, condominium, like apartment style, you're still going to have a a condo board. And how involved are you in that? And then the other thing you need to look at is the local publications and websites. How much do you know about them and how much knowledge do they have that you could share to entice your guests to have have an incredible vacation? So those are all the things that you need to 
think think about and build a team around. So I don't know, guys, how many I listed, but there's probably about 20 to 24 different partners. That's a big team. Absolutely. There's a lot. There's seems to be a lot more than um, than a than even a general, I guess, traditional rental property purchase, right? Yes. Well, and you know, it, it's also because of the um, because of a, there's a certain standard that you're keeping, right? Because your your generally your rentals are three three night, five nights, seven nights, fourteen nights. You know, we average over the last uh, oh. Well, 10, 15 years, we're averaging about a five night rental. Mm-hmm. And so, so you think about that for a moment, take five and divide it into 365, you, you know, so that's your turnover and you have to think about, you know, I mean, some things are going to happen. You're going, dishes are going to get broken. Who's checking on that? Who's keeping that current? Little things like that, you know, I mean, you're going to get some paint chips and, and all of that kind of stuff. So those are things that need to be, you need to be right on top of with a team every week. It's not, I'm not talking once a month or once every six months or once a year when you turn, when a, a, maybe a tenant moves out after a year's lease and you go, and you go in and you, and you do some updating or whatever, you know, your maintenance here is ongoing. It's, it's really weekly. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the big, big things that people don't consider when they're talking about this kind of rental or a lot of people that look into just something maybe in the city for for the Airbnb purposes or whatever, not realizing how, I guess, attention yeah, detail. How much, you, how much time you really need to put into it. There's a lot of time and effort put into that. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I want I want to say, Rob, because I want, I don't want to discourage anybody at, at all. Would I do it again? Absolutely. And is it worth the effort? For sure. I mean, the short-term rental market is good. It's healthy. You know, you guys are probably aware that Alberta over the last couple of years has had an economic downturn. And you know what? I have uh, – residential real estate, which I've had to take, we've had to drop our rents to keep tenants in our properties. In the vacation properties, we actually took rent increases. And a big part of that is who you're also attracting. You're you're getting a lot of Americans, a lot of Europeans. And you know what? I mean, even though the Canadian dollar isn't the healthiest, it's healthy when it comes to tourists coming to our, our country. Uh, they bring in a lot of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to say, too, though, is stress the importance of your team that you were stressing there with having you be able to um, handle all of that turnover and all of the uh, different things that are involved in it. Right. Uh, and that, and that's so important, Rob. If you've got a good team and you've developed a relationship, and, you know, these people, when you come and you visit your own property, you should be taking them out for dinner or at, at the very least for coffee. Um, you know what? Also seeing if you can help them get more clients. So if you've got a, someone else that you know needs electrical service or plumbing or housekeeping or whatever, and make sure they know that those people are coming to them because of your recommendation. Uh, and it just makes your team uh, stronger and your relationships last a lot longer. Great. This is awesome of, advice. Yeah, this is a lot of good stuff. We haven't talked about hardly any of this, I think, on a show ever. No. So it's great. Some new, uh, I mean, you know what? I got to thank you guys because you know what? You, you know what? Your, your little uh, having – Normally, you read the iTunes reviews, and when that woman, uh, in when you read her review from episode forty-nine, like I thought, wow, I got to phone Rob and Sandy. I got to reach <laughs> out and tell them that there there is some of us that are actually specializing in this type of rental and and coaching people how to do it. I'm currently working with a couple of clients from uh, small town Ontario who are looking to purchase and. Uh, we'll know on Wednesday uh, if the deal goes through, and if it does, it, not only you know I've helped them with the purchase, but and before the purchase, but then the real job begins is setting up their unit, right, to make it to give it that mountain feel. So they have to make sure they're it's renovated correctly, and the color schemes are correct, and the furnishings are correct. So I'm going to introduce them to team some of my team members that are doing all of that. 
and and that's just getting it ready that isn't even renting it yet and then then we've got to get them on the right uh into the right vacation rental marketplace and think about all the work that goes behind that so uh really and important is, and is that is that what's next for you mostly is that where you see your business going in the future is more on along the coaching uh coaching route Yes, I, um, you know, I, I, I love this whole investment, uh, coaching aspect of it. I, last year I earned, um, what's called an REIA, Real Estate Investment Advisor Certificate through RAIN, and decided, uh, when I, if, when I looked, there wasn't very many people that were actually engaged in this type of specialized market. So I like to be a, a big fish in a small pond uh, because you can see from all that I've described, when I first started out, I had no idea how many people you had to assemble for your team, what it looked like, what you had to do, all of that. And so if you can get someone who knows, uh, who, who's been through it, I'm, and I'm still living it, it's important, and I think there's definitely a, a need for that. And, you know, from episode 49 on your show, guys, I mean, you had that woman who said, boy, could you get somebody on to talk about this? And so, you know, I think where there's one, there's many, and um, for sure. And so that's what I, that's one, one of my goals in what I'm trying to do. The other thing, of course, is right now I just finished writing. I, I also write on investment real estate. And I just had an article that I wrote for the uh, for Rain Life, which is the national real estate investment magazine. And I wrote an article called "The Good, the Bad, and the Possible: Purchasing Investment Real Estate in Today's Alberta Economy." Because uh, I think, in you know, there's a lot of people who were purchasing in Alberta for a long time uh, that may have left, and uh, now I'm telling people, I call it the possible. So it's coming back. That's great. Okay, and um, and what about more purchases for you? Absolutely, I, I uh, would. You know, they always t talk about rebalancing your portfolio, and you guys have probably heard about that a, a lot. Is that you know, have a look at your at your portfolio. So you know, my wife and I are currently looking at our portfolio, changing up the mix a bit. So we're looking to do that also, and just making sure we have a strong, you know, keep our our portfolio as strong as it possi possibly can be. And uh, so those are things that we're doing, including I'd like to do more joint venture also. I'm uh, currently also working on a book and on investment real estate. And um, I'm hoping to have it published this year. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever been through the whole publishing uh, journey, but it's, it's uh, quite interesting uh, how to bring a book to market. Uh, when that comes out, make sure you let us know, and we'll add the link to the show notes whenever it pops up so that uh, you'll be able to put it out there to everybody that way, too. Great. I, I really appreciate that. I uh, uh, Like I said, it's uh, I've, I've, got it, I've got an editor and, um, and right now, and that, that's, the, that's where we're at right now is with the editing is, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's quite the journey, so... I also, uh, you know, listening to you guys, it, it, I mean, it's fantastic what you, uh, Robin and Sandy, what you guys are doing, because I don't know if you knew this fact, but only 4% of Canadians own investment real estate. And that number in the States is, and, and Australia, Australia is about 8%. So when you think about there's such a huge opportunity for people in Canada to own investment real estate. And I'm not quite sure what scares people off. Uh, you know, people tend, and Canadians maybe have been accused of being more conservative in their investing. But when you look at the returns that people are getting on their RSPs or any type of portfolio investments uh, that don't include uh, real estate, it's, it's pretty scary. And, you know, the returns are quite low. And, and if, if you, you know, doing a good job at investment, investing real estate, we all know can definitely um, give you some pretty great returns. And uh, so I really appreciate you guys talking about this on your show. And, and I, 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 you know, I hope I can help you get more listeners because you guys deserve to get more listeners. More people should be investing in, in, uh, in investment real estate. Oh man, thank you. 
You're welcome. I don't know what to say or where to go from there. You know, we really appreciate you coming on today, too, and sharing all of this with us. It's been really, really valuable. I think a lot of people are going to love this episode. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. And um, how can people reach out to you? Oh, thanks, Rob. Yeah, they can reach out to me on my email address, which is wrickh at vault2success.com. They can also go to my LinkedIn uh, profile, which is linkedin.com slash in slash wrickharris. Or if they want to go to raincanada.com, so R-E-I-N, Canada.com. Go to the tab that says events and products. And then all they have to do is scroll down to rain coaching and then they can browse uh, the coaches. So they can look for other coaches other than me. Uh, and th- they can, they can look at my profile and see if I can help them. And the last thing I'd encourage people to do is listen, I walk my, and I, when I say I, it's really we, my wife and I walk our talks. A talk and if they if people just go to homeaway.com and put in the, our property number which is you put the number sign 3817784 uh, you'll also be able to see available date, dates to rent so I'm happy to rent you my property but you know <laughs> what the thing I'd really like people to do and to understand is read our reviews. Most of our reviews are five star. Well, I, I have to tell you, you you need to work hard to get your five stars. But I'd encourage people to read our reviews because then they'll get a sense of who who I am and how I'd help coach them in the, in this type type of endeavor, and also what our property is all about. And we're happy to have more guests come and visit us. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. All right. Well, I think that about does it for today. Sandy, how can people reach out to you as well? Yeah, that was terrific. Um, yeah, if you want to reach out to me about anything uh, more local to Hamilton and surrounding markets um, or just chat about real estate, you can get me um, through email info at mckayrealtynetwork.com or 905-308-8333. Awesome. Okay. And you can reach me, find out about our upcoming events, tours, um, that kind of thing by going to, or by reaching 289-927-0464 is my number or info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. You can reach me there too. So thank you guys and have a great Rob, day. Rob, Sandy, thanks. You made the whole uh, experience incredible. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Okay. Bye.